after the timeout. Holden will now try again. A 42-yard field goal out of the hold of Austin Fisher. There's the snap and hold. Kick on the way by Jackson. And the run. And it is good! Marching Murdoch. In motion. He's got the football now. This is Down the Pipe and Natty Light. Welcome, Cyclone fans, to another episode of Down the Pipe and Natty Light. As always, I'm host Levi Stevenson, joined by Nate Shios Burner. March is off this week. How's it going? Going good. Proud we could uh, not play our A game and get a win in Waco. That so, was specifically a very nice thing to see is that is to see them not only win on the road, but do it while not playing all that well. And a place that we historically do not win very often. Right. And that, and actually that, that was something we brought up last week too, is I, I don't like playing Waco. we just nope. never play well there, but we did, we didn't, we again did not play well there, Yeah, but won that one. I think it's probably because it was rainy and there was just no crowd there. Now, there's not really ever much of a crowd at McLean Stadium, but it's, I mean, it was just rainy and shitty and it was just, it, it looked like it was miserable. Yeah. yeah. It looked, it looked terrible, but I was glad to see that they pulled out that win though. Um, that's just a tough win. That's like, that kind of game is really easy for a young team to fold on. Oh yeah. So I was, I was glad to see them pull that out and show some growth and maturity and things like that too, especially in not only were they not playing well, but Rocco specifically was having a hard time. Um, Rocco probably played his worst game of the season. Um, Just missing throws. And um, I don't remember. He didn't, I don't think he threw a pick, but he threw one at the, that's right before Tampa got ejected. Oh, that's right. right. He did throw one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, He threw one. Just an overthrow. Yeah. As an overthrow. He missed a couple deep balls and just kind of some weird stuff happening. Um, but not nothing that makes you like lose faith in Rocco going forward. Or anything, no, but. he'll be fine. It was a retro freshman on the road in really bad conditions with a guy who does not have the biggest. I know it sounds like an excuse. Definitely doesn't have the biggest hands right. in the world. That was kind of Brock's issue too. When the makes when it, it hard raining, it's so. raining. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, we can look at that a little bit too, because like the. I was glad to see that the defense, the secondary especially, seemed to hold up pretty good without TJ Tampa in there. Darian Porter yep. played really well in his absence. Played a really good game, and and you know that because they never said his name. In, right, like, right, right. That's yeah. There's there are times where I do wonder if he's earned his earned a earned a starting spot, like because yep. opposite Tampa. Yeah, like Miles Purchase. To... Miles Purchase hasn't been bad. Like he's been good, no. but like. So he hasn't like deserved to lose his starting spot, but when he's been in, Darian Porter's probably been the better player. Yep. So it's it's I mean it's tough. It's a good problem to have that you have so much that yeah. you have that much depth at corner, especially. Sure. But part of me does wonder if if Darian Porter's earned that that starting sure. spot over there, but across from TJ Tampa. And one thing that Tom Turner brought up in the group chat is. He is our probably our most valuable special teams player outside of like the kicker and punter, right? And they value special teams so much, even though he sucked at it. That might be why he's not getting more secondary snaps because he is one of the best gunners. Yeah, he is. By the time the ball drops, by per, by the time Perkins gets it down, Porter's there every time. And if he's not making the tackle, he's blocking his guy into someone making the tackle. Right, right. It's been super. Not something that you notice if you're like, you know, if it doesn't interest you. 
But if you look for Darian Porter on special teams, he is there every single time. He's just like uh, the way like uh, Slater was for the Patriots for a long, long time, yep. where he was just the dude. Sure. Like he was, he was, he was his own. He was just his own animal as a gunner and as a special teams player. Whatever. I mean, he was a Pro Bowler as a special teams player, um, which is yep. pretty remarkable. But uh, you know, otherwise, I thought special teams were fine again. Tyler Perkins has been kind of okay the last. Yeah, Handful of games. he's not getting quite as much distance on his punts, but yeah. he's also not punting as often. So maybe that's right. That's it. Um, uh, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But Chase Contreras has been fantastic, and yep. you know, coverage has been good. The, seeing the special teams make the turnaround that it has is a really, really welcome sight. That needed to change bad. I mean, that needed to change last season. But I mean, they got yep. they got it figured out. It seems like. Um, to, to the point where it's not was, just it's not just the product of good individual players. It's yeah. it's a scheme wide thing that it's just working right now. It's awesome to that Iowa State is a good enough team where they really just need neutral special teams. They don't have to yeah. be the number one team in the country, but they're not neutral. They're good, and they're not yeah. great, but they're good. Yeah, they're you know, in, they're in net positive. I don't, yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but we we're not giving out kick returns. Shackford's putting them through the end zone every time. If he's not. We're making tackles in like the 10 when someone dares to return it. Mm-hmm. You know, ponds are getting good hang time. Uh, we're making most of our kicks. The ones we've missed have been, it looks like snapping issues mostly just from a long snapper have been right. the main when you break it down. So it's nice that it's, it's not a negative and it's not even neutral. It's been a positive so far, which shout out Jordan Langs because he does not get talked about any broadcast I've seen, but that dude is, if you watch Iowa State, and I'm assuming everyone that's listening has the past since Campbell got here, special team just sucked. And it's just so nice that we don't, we're not holding our breath every kick return or not holding our breath every field and goal, maybe right. depending on the field and goal. But, anyways, yeah, it's just nice that we have a, a positive impact there. Yeah. Um, but we can, you know, it's nice to get that one out of the way, but Iowa State's got a really, really big game from this weekend. Um, they do. And turning around, turning around that kind of game. And I think it's going to be really big. It's going to be a big atmosphere this weekend too. It's a full sellout crowd, 61,500. Jamie's are, Jamie's already tweeted about how there's gonna be fireworks and all that stuff. Kind of like from the Jack Trice game, they have all the fireworks and all yep. that. Um, it's going to be a big deal. Um, and I, I do wonder though, like when you're down in a, in a, in a road stadium like that, like, when there's just no crowd like that's got, it's got to be really weird, like uncomfortable to play yeah. in, uh, especially sure. when you're used to playing in front of a good crowd. Um, yep. it just kind of kills the, kills the energy a little bit. So that's, that was another thing that I was, I was particularly impressed with, um, that it yeah. wasn't just a road game. It was a road game with a weird, with a weird environment, kind of like the way that playing at Texas tech and basketball used to be about a decade yep. ago or whatever, when they were terrible, um, that like it was, it was weird to play at Texas tech because there was nobody there. You were just basically playing in an empty gym and you, you could like hear them. It was like, you could hear them like communicating on the the court. Yeah. Yeah, It was, it was pretty weird, but um, all in all though, I thought it was just a good, it was just a good win. Like I said, it wasn't a pretty win. It was, they didn't play well, but it was a good win. Um, And, and, you know, to keep Iowa state tied now tied for first in the conference after Oklahoma lost, um, and tied with what Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma state and Kansas state. Um, yep. I mean, that's a group. I would say plays two of them, uh, you know, big chance the last three, four games or whatever, four guys, last four games 
to move up there and, and give some losses to that group of five because you played two of them. Um, and with Texas, uh, Quinn Ewers is going to be out for a while. Um, yep. And then Kansas State, I'm not sure what to think of them because they weren't that good to start the season. Then they got Avery Johnson now, and now they're scoring points like a madman. So Yeah, they've, they're running that two-QB system, and I've always been a believer that two-QBs, no-QBs, but these QBs are they're making it work. Yeah, they're, they're, they're it making well. it work. I do wonder if I, I like cuz like having those two QBs is like is a scheme change and I'm kind of wondering yep. if once someone gets some tape on them if they're going to if they're going to be able to slow them down. That's what I've wondered. Like I've like, seen Avery Johnson, not that I've watched every second of K-State. I've not seen him throw a pass besides like Yeah, that's to say I like I wonder or, what's going to happen if you slow down Avery Johnson's running and make yeah, him yeah. throw the ball or whatever. Like I'm I'm curious what that looks like. Um, they're playing good football. I want to see it versus Texas this week on the road. Yeah, they've played Houston and in a third string quarterback Texas Tech. Yes, yeah. Texas and, Tech. And they did Texas out, Tech's been bad this year too. So they have, and they did blow out TCU, but they've looked unmotivated since the second half of the Iowa State game. They just have not looked. Oh same. yeah, after after um, we after we blew after we blew them out, they just kind of checked out. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what I, I I said. I really don't know what to think of Kansas State right now. We'll see what I'm a little, we'll know more after this weekend when they play Texas. But yeah. Um, and well, part of it too is that so I got I got I recorded the uh, Rock Chalk podcast earlier tonight with Andy Mitts. Uh, he asked me an interesting question too. Is like, you know, I would say it's kind of resurgence here. The offense has become against some some weaker teams in the Big Twelve. You know. Yeah. Now, granted, Oklahoma State is a it, when we played them, Oklahoma State was down in the dumps. Season's basically over, and now they're now they're a, it's good a different team, team. different yeah, team, a different team, or whatever. Yeah. And when we played, you know, TCU is not what we thought, what everyone thought they were going to be. Nope. And like Cincinnati's run defense is good, but the rest of the team's kind of poopy. And Baylor's bad this year, so you know they, it's coming against some weaker teams. And and I was thinking about this is like, do we feel confident enough in it right now that like? they can continue what they're doing against a good team or is it they've been the beneficiary of playing kind of playing some bad teams the last month. And now, you know, and then at some point, you know, it's going to come crashing back down to earth type of thing. Yeah. I think it's a mix of both. I think they have really shown that they're the better team in all these games. There's not been a point where I'm like, dang, we are getting lucky and we are being outplayed. I felt like if anything, it's the opposite. We're out playing them. They've caught a few lucky breaks. How often is true freshman walk on Drew Surges out there in coverage? Not very often. And, you know, that's kind of the only reason Baylor kept it close for two minutes. Right. And it's just stuff like that. Cincinnati scored 10 points. I mean, TCU scored 14. Seven of them were on the last drive of the game against every backup we had. You know, I can see where they're coming from. And can we respond to a punch in the mouth from a good team? But also, we aren't scraping by we're winning these games pretty convincingly by a couple yeah a couple scores on, on most of these yeah. last few games so like the way i did the way i described it to andy was like it's not a lot different that i mean yes it, it is the beneficiary i would say it was the beneficiary of playing some bad teams but it was also a scheme change of kind of a yep. uh not a complete philosophy change but a little bit they're changing their philosophies as far as for throwing on first down being aggressive early and things like that they've changed it's a little so bit less of that. predictable it's less predictable. You could sit here and tell you what Tom Manning was going to call nine times out of 10. Oh yeah. Obviously a defensive coordinator could. So Nate Shios has done a good job of being less predictable. Right. And, um, I, I think it was, 
no different than a team playing an FCS school to start the season and then using that like to get better to so that way you're ready for bigger for bigger programs mm-hmm. and whatever else. I, to me, I think it's the same way where they got a chance to test out some new offensive stuff against weaker teams to find out what's working, what's not type of thing. And now they can take what they've built in the last month, month and a half and and use that against a Kansas, against, you know, against Texas, against Kansas State, you know, BYU, whatever. Um, I, I, to me, that's that feels like it, it does feel like sustainable change. We'll see. We'll see what the top end of it looks like. Kansas now, Kansas's defense is, is bad. Um, it, yeah, not they're, good. They're real bad. Um, and I mean, they've got Kobe Bryant there on the side as a corner. He's pretty good. But like other than that, there's not much going on in the Kansas D. So yeah. offensively, I still don't know if we're getting going to learn a ton about yeah. how much the offense is taking a step forward. Um, it's so weird to say that because I feel like we've used every game as a benchmarker and then we've kicked it down the road. Once we figured out that team isn't very good, we're like, what's Oklahoma State going to tell us? And then, right. you know, TCU is really going to tell us. And we are at game It keeps getting kicked. Nine, yeah, it keeps, we like, keep yeah. kicking it down the road. And um, yeah, we're game eight now. Yep. Or no, no, this is game nine. This, yeah, because yeah, we're five and three. Yeah. yeah. So this is game nine. Um, so it, it it's an interesting. I don't like. I don't know if this game is going to tell us anything. I don't like. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know. But um, what I do know though is Kansas is a tough opponent, and they this is a this is another like thing because they present a different challenge than other teams have. We know we've we've faced a running quarterback in Emory Jones and largely he did nothing. Um, yeah. He had, he was like four and a half yards of carry and he didn't even, he didn't even break a hundred yards passing. Um, and I think you can use a similar thing here is where you just contain that you contain his running game and force him to beat him with your arm. And even Andy conceded is like, if, if Kansas has to win by Jason Bean throwing, they're like, they're probably not going to win. Um, yeah. and I, I, mean, I said, and I told him, I was like, this is the way I would approach it. If I were John Haycock is I'm sticking Zach Lovett out there as a spy. I was just going to say, I'm going to say Zach Levitt out. There's a spy. I'm going to shut down Jason beans running and I'm going to make him throw directly into Iowa state secondary, which at that point I'm feeling very good about my chances. Yeah. I think Jason bean is in a great, he's done a lot with the situation he's in, you know, he's been a backup there for a minute. This whole Jim and Daniel situation is the weirdest shit I've ever seen. You know, he doesn't know when he's, maybe he knows he's playing the rest of the year. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. But he's doing a lot for this team when he wasn't even good at North Texas. This guy was a transfer from North Texas right. and was not good there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was super raw. So the I mean, guy's clearly got he's clearly got wheels. I mean, if he gets in the open yeah. field, I mean he's gone. But you know, it's just, just Yeah. He can't if you force him to throw, you're you're in a pretty good situation. Oklahoma didn't. He ran. He scrambled and he picked mm-hmm. up first down to his legs and ran for a touchdown. Yeah, they did Oklahoma. they did not contain his run game whatsoever. No, and, I, and I think and like, it, the, and the, that's the nice thing about is that we've got a built-in package for dealing with mobile quarterbacks. Yep. And Zach Levitt has done phenomenally. He did it against Chandler yep. Morris. He did it against uh, uh, Emory Jones. He, uh, I think did we we used him against Ohio as well, maybe. Yep. And yep. He, he's done a great job uh, as a spy the whole every season. Every week has been good. Yeah. Yep. So even TC's backup QB, who was yeah, who's mobile. He right. did he did well against. So right. yeah, I was just I didn't see him out there much, if at all, last week, but Shapin's not exactly a running He's running not a runner threat. at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, you know, Zach Lovett has his job and I expect him to be out there as much, if not oh, more he'll than be every out other there quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. I think he'll be out there quite a bit. Um 
And I, to me, and to Only, me, that seems like the obvious. Now, Kansas's overall scheme is more creative and things like that. They do a yep. better job of getting guys the ball in space than a lot of other a lot of other teams do. Yep. Um. So that that's a that's its own challenge because they're like I said they're just very very creative on offense and I, that's all credit to Lance Leipold. Um. I discipline's going to be big from the secondary there. Yes. You know, we're well, young and they do a lot of play action misdirection. Play action misdirection. And, yeah. 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 Try to trick you. And it works. And, you know, mm-hmm. some young guys are really going to have to watch. They can't. We got really lucky against Baylor in a two-point conversion. They had a fake handoff left rolled out to the right and had, like, that tight end. It's like the, the Travis Kelsey yeah. screen dump. Yeah, yeah. And the tight end was wide open. He just dropped it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, not that Kansas is going to run that exact play, but stuff like that. Right. We're really going to have to have to watch out for. Yeah. And it was one of those, like, last year – Last year we had a lot of the kind of the same fears, just because they're they're really creative. They had a good running quarterback, yep. and and the the Kansas offense did not much of anything last year against John no. Haycock, and it was really truly just the offense that fell apart. Um, but you know, no, last year yeah, we no saw Iowa State should have lost that game. No, last, last year, year I, I mean last lost, year we but... saw that John Haycock is not like intimidated by Kansas's scheme. It's a little no. wonky, but you know you've got you've got people in there that can that can deal with that scheme pretty yeah. well. Um, and it's not, it's not a running game that is predicated, like kind of like Baylor's and Kansas states are where they go off tackle and stuff like that quite a bit. Where, yeah. Cause that's, that's how you attack. Iowa state's three, three stack is you don't, you, you don't go into the pile in the middle and you don't spill to the outsides where the safeties can get you. You come right off the tackle, right through the, like right yeah. up where the tight end, right behind the tight end essentially, and go right off the tackle um, in between the pile and the spill area. That that's where you that's where you attack Iowa State's defense wherever and like Kansas likes to spill stuff to the outside. They like to get their guys yep. on the edge, and I think that that plays into Iowa State's favor because we 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 intentionally spill people to the edge where then the yep. safeties can get to them. Um, and, and Tampa and Tampa, Verdon yeah, and Verdon, and, um, Bo Freeler, Jeremiah Cooper, which we don't know if Jeremiah Cooper's playing, but yeah, uh, but even if he's not, you know they'll they'll put. Uh, Jamison Patton or Trevon Howard or someone yeah. back, someone someone like that back there, and I'm sure they'll be fine. Um, or Ben Nickel, maybe. These, there was a lot of only thing I would say is that Pendergrass guy ran through Iowa State a lot because they were like expecting him to just go down, and he didn't. He didn't. Neil yeah. and Highshaw will, will run through a motherfucker. Those two yeah, will run through the your tackling. Mouth. The tackling last week was a big concern. They yeah they did not tackle well at all, and I'm hoping that gets no. addressed this week. Um, Cause they've, they've tackled sure well in the past. They've tackled well in the yeah. past. That's not like a new thing, but I've, maybe it's just cause like a combination of the rain and they, they thought Pentagrass was going to go down easier, yeah. stuff like that. Maybe just kind of a combination of those things. But I mean, I would assume that most of the defense got their ass tore apart about the, about the tackling. Oh, I'm, last sure, week. Yeah. I'm sure they got a chewing out or whatever, but you know, that's, that's something that needs to get addressed quickly because Kansas, Kansas does have the athletes now to punish you. And yep. it's one of those things you just, you, they have to be, on point, the good eye discipline. They have to have good fundamentals there. Now, if they if they take care of those, if they take care of business. They if they they remain disciplined and they tackle well, they're gonna have a really really good shot. Because like, yeah, it, they don't have to go out there and have the game of their life. They just have to do what they were taught to do their whole life. Kansas, like, Kansas is everything. a little bit of a glass cannon in that. Like if you yeah. if you slow on their offense, they've got kind of nothing. Um, yep. and glass cannons kind of a fun way to play football if you're Kansas fans especially when you've been as bad as long as they have for a long time yeah. but when you're playing against a a a program that has a just a rock solid defense that is virtually never bad 
and even and never below average even yeah. that it's it gets hard to play against those types of programs where they can they can take punches over and over and over and they're happy to get in fist fights with you wherever Kansas yep. is not a team really built to get in fist fights and no, they're yeah they're going to stretch you out and try to beat you deep but this team this event is built to eliminate that exactly right so. yeah you're it's built to it's built to counter those quick strike offenses like Kansas likes to be or whatever so the, the matchup is pretty good for Iowa State um yeah it's a, it's a, especially just Kansas's offense against Iowa State's defense. That it's a, it's a favorable matchup in my yep. summation, for sure. Yeah, as long as Rocco takes care of the ball, you know, Kobe Bryant's a ball hawk. Kenny Logan's a good tackling safety. They have, um, I don't remember the other corner's name. He had the pick six last week. You just, you just got to make sure, you're, like Rocco, just can't give them a free one. That's really it. If you give them a free one and let them return it, you know they're gonna they're gonna run to some momentum, but. If you're smart and run the ball, I mean, we ran for 162 yards last week. It did not feel like that many. That's, that was kind of crazy when I heard that. So run the ball smart, make smart decisions. Don't miss wide open guys. Uh, I don't expect them to again. You're going to be fine against this defense. Yeah, this is a this is a this is a team where Iowa State can continue to expand on the running game. I think it's been yep. it, like the the improvement in the running game over the last month is remarkable. Um, and, yep. and part of that is it goes to credit to Eli Sanders for who ha, who has really stepped up and and made that his yeah. role. Uh, now, Cortavius Norton had two touchdowns last week. Had that big had that one he broke off, and that's great. That's that's awesome. Um, but Eli Sanders is clearly running back one for me, for sure. Uh, and he's just he's taken that role. He's taken that role by the horns. Um, and I think it's been it's been good to find find a guy. Abu Sama yep. did get a couple carries last week or whatever, but if he's if he ends up kind of just having to hang back and get a couple spot carries here and there for the rest of the season. That's okay. You know, yeah. just because Eli Sanders back. has made a big, made a yeah. big, a big, Sanders has been great. Yeah. Sanders yeah. has been great. I so, don't think he got a snap after he fumbled. That's just going to be a right. thing. Right. You're already on a short lease as a freshman. If you're going to give the ball away, he is just not going to give you the ball. Get the snap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Carson Hansen will still get some spot snaps. Arlen Harris yep. has gotten a couple snaps the last few games. Yeah, he's um, a big guy. So and yes. pass pro or blocking almost as a fullback. Yeah, that, as using that as like an H back type of thing. Yeah, which if he's cool with that, then I'm cool with that. Um, yeah. I know he transferred to be a running back, but it is. I mean, there's just four guys in front of him. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, whatever. But you know, the running game is has got some momentum. Uh, the offensive line is playing better. Um, James yeah. Neal is not. <laughs> uh, no, he, he was still really, really bad. Yeah, his PFF grade was really bad too. I think it was still below fifty, wasn't it? It was like forty. Yeah, something. it was forty nine and a half. Yeah, or it's just not. That's not acceptable at the Division no. One level. I mean, it's just, it's just not. I mean, like I, I'm not like trying to bag on James Neal, but he's been like easily the worst lineman this past month. Yeah, like not even not even close. He didn't break the rules like Rensburg did, so he's get a shot. But at this point, you're risking hurting your quarterback, and mm-hmm. you know things falling apart. Well, and you're, not only you're risking hurting your quarterback, right? But Iowa State has randomly played itself into contention to make a Big Twelve title game. Yeah. So at this point, now you have to say, okay, well, who is our best five right now? And I, to yep. me, I don't think James Neal is is one of your five best linemen. I I don't. Like, I just don't. I don't see that being the case. Not only that, there was penalties last week, like. If you're going to be bad, you can't also put us behind the sticks. Right, right. Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I'm assuming he's going to start again. I mean, that's just what they're, it's yeah. just what they're going to roll with. But I, to me, 
if I'm Ryan Clanton, I'm heavily can like I'm putting keeping him on a very short leash. If he starts blowing some yeah. blocks, I'm I'm putting Jake Ramsburg in there. Like Jake, Jake's yep. had a couple weeks to kind of get back into the speed of things or whatever and get back in, in playing shape and all that or whatever. To me, if if James if Neal is there's no reason he shouldn't get a shot out there. Really. Right. That's that's kind of where I'm at with it, is that there's just there's no justification for not getting Jake Ramsburg snaps if James Neal continues yeah. to struggle. I've noticed uh they're running behind Brendan Black a lot. He is a dude. He is that a dude, dude. I I believe I genuinely I full heartedly believe that he is he's kind of the future of that offensive line because yeah. he does not have any of Jeff Myers' bad habits. He no. didn't have to be retaught anything. He just he showed up. Ryan Clanton gave him some brass knuckles and told him to go out there and fucking fight somebody. And that's yeah. and that's what he's been doing. That's all he does. He's an extremely physical football player. And it's fantastic to see a, tr- a true freshman play like that because you can yeah, you can always you, continue to refine technique and things like that yep. to become just better at your craft. But being aggressive and just being a badass is a beating such a guys off the uh, line. It just beating yeah. dudes off the line is just a. I mean that's it's it's not really you can't really teach aggressiveness and no. he's just he's just got that he's got that dog in him <laughs> like that's just yep. that's he, I mean yeah, it's all there is to it. Working for Clanton's like expectation prototype that's brennan black brennan black this is not an exception this is the standard and that's why i I really think that um the 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 lineman from minnesota that tore his his achilles oh dalen hazer i that's why i really i'm i'm guessing since he was it seemed like he was on track to start i'm guessing that he is also of that same cut um of being being a uh being a bulldog yeah being nasty um and that if if he had not gotten hurt he would probably we we would be talking him the same about him the same way that yep. we're talking about Brendan Black. Um for sure. I I do think I I I was concerned that you know especially the first few games before Brendan Black was playing they're like okay this line is not not at this all dog shit. It's terrible it's and it's it's not at all what we had talked about in the off season no. or whatever. But then to see Brendan Black a true freshman come in and play the way he's played I was like okay so what it is is the people that were here have terrible, terrible habits from Jeff Myers yeah. that are need to be completely unlearned, or they just need to rotate them out of the out of the lineup. And yep. we've got one guy here that has only been taught by Ryan Clan, and he is exactly what we were talking about, what we were hoping that the offensive line would be. Yep. Brendan Black has, and been he there. wasn't. Not that this is the end all be all, but he was not a highly recruited kid. No, like what he mid, was like, like a mid three star. star. Yeah, yeah. Nothing insane. He was super strong, and that's I knew they loved that. He was like his bench and everything was like stupidly strong for a high school kid. Like right. just absolutely, I don't remember the exact number, but like absolutely dumb for how strong he was. And they right. fell in love with it. And when you give Ryan Clanton, who's it doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to be violent. That mentality with the strongest high school kid you've seen in a long time. Right, good things are going to happen most of the time. Yeah, and there's a couple of guys in the incoming class too that I think can fit that. Um, I think if I, I I have to go back and remember because I watched that watch tape on a few of these guys. Whatever, like yeah. Don, like I think Dontrell Holt is kind of one of those guys. Yep. Wherever he, he had a few, he had some good offers. K State and Missouri are both after him. Yeah, uh, the Helton twins out of California, their recruitment's starting to pick up quite a bit. Yeah, I guess you know, I don't know much about AJ Burton, but uh, Colorado, I believe. Yeah, he's from Colorado. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. He's coming in as a little small. He's only two. He's only six five, two seventy five. So he's got to put some weight on. Yeah. Um, yep. Helton twins are coming in at three hundred piece. 
well, I guess the smaller one's 280, but the but Brent Helton's 300. Dontre one Holt's of them coming is a little in at 295. More highly recruited than the other, so I'm not sure. Yeah, Brent Helton is the one, or no, sorry, Wade Helton is the higher rated one at okay. 87 versus an 84 for Brent. Okay, but. But yeah, I mean, he's getting his guys. He's getting who he wants. He's got these are all priority guys, and they're going out there and getting them. So, you know, right. I don't know who else is senior on that line this year. But also, I, I think Tyler Miller. We, Tyler Miller is for sure. I want to say, Hufford has been here forever. I swear, Hufford's been, here, been for here for a long forever. time. Let's find this out. Um, I'm like. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know for sure. I know for sure. Tyler Tyler Miller is gone. Tyler Miller is actually only a junior. What? Yeah. There's. <laughs> okay, so Tyler Miller is only. I can't believe he's only a junior. Not only that, that would make him have a COVID year. He would have a COVID year. God damn. So he. So Daryl Simmons is that. gone. Daryl Simmons is retro, and he senior. got benched. He got he's benched. Been, so it's whatever. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, Grant Triber is a redshirt senior. I can't believe he's a redshirt senior, man. I know. I remember when I feel he like committed. Miller should be switched. I remember when he committed. Matias was all about Grant Traber, and he just never panned out. No. Um. Jake Ramsberg is also a redshirt senior. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe he might get a waiver because of the gambling thing and yeah, the NCAA being a giant pile of shit. But yeah, I mean, they got some guys coming back another year under Clanton. Not only that, this offensive line is not committing penalties. Like, there's not, there's not been a ton of holdings. There hasn't been a ton. There's been a few mm-hmm. procedural things, but even from last year, that's improved, and that's been nice because this offense is. And you kind of hit on this on Saturday. This offense is running well, but I feel like it's one um, pull the string away from like falling apart every play. And so when something goes wrong, it all goes wrong. Oh yeah, so, I think I think I use like I think I use this the phrase as like this offense feels like it's duct taped together. <laughs> yeah. Remember, yeah. Like if it's on time and everything like, and everything is working, it's it's efficient and moves down the field really well, yeah. but if one little thing isn't quite right, it starts falling apart fairly quick. Yeah. Like if the Real timing's part. off or someone misses a block or whatever, it just goes Yeah. falls apart, yeah. I'm looking at the roster at the uh, the offensive lineman here. I I don't know if he's a walk on or whatever it is, but there's an offensive lineman there named Nick Lawler, six three three twenty five. He's a redshirt junior. Nick Lawler sounds like a like a like an offensive line that wants to fight somebody. Yeah, he <laughs> like, like a, he's from sounds like a, a guy Clan would love. Yeah, he went to Fort Dodge St. Edmund. He's from Clare, Iowa. Okay, um, but yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a guy that wants to fight somebody, but. Um. Yeah, but anyway, so the offensive line I think is is on the right path. I w- I would I don't know. I think I'd prefer to see Jake Remsburg there instead of James yeah. Neal, but it is what it is. They're gonna roll with. They're gonna. I mean, James Neal will be starting next week. I mean, yeah. But so I want to give a shout out to Noel because I got so pissed at this man for not being able to catch the ball. Jalen Noel, yeah, yeah. Shout out to but him because he has made has a huge glue. Oh man, um, he's with, he's been great. He has not dropped anything lately, and I hope I don't jinx him. And he has four drops this week, but right. everything in his direction right now is getting caught, and it's awesome to see. Like there was one knock on the guy; it's that he his drop rate was like eleven and a half percent, which it's in huge. the Big Twelve, that's not. It's just not yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. not going to cut it. Yeah. Not only that, he's been good on kickoffs. Um, so it's been it's been awesome to see him kind of take a step up and you know control that room. Jaden Higgins is still a dude, just absolutely. Bitch, that Baylor corner for the on the first drive, 
on Saturday. Yeah, him him getting up to speed and just in really f- seem like he's getting comfortable in the offense has been fantastic. He's a he's a yeah. like he's he's kind of like living up to some of the offseason hype that we heard is like yeah. this kid this kid can play. He's 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 got yeah. he's got game or whatever. So I I'm ecstatic to see him because now Iowa State does feel like they have two receivers that they can and go to regularly plus Ben Bramer. Is, yeah, Ben Bramer and his Jaden Higgins routes for how big he are. Yeah, he is. Good. Not he are. He is. They're really good. He's gotten like those double moves he's done Cincinnati and Baylor. I know he missed them in the Baylor one, but it's been super good. Daniel Jackson hasn't been getting the same amount of um, receptions, but he had a huge block in that Cortavius Norton run for the mm-hmm. touchdown. And he, had, he had a really good move too. Um, and we just missed him again for a touchdown, but he was wide ass open yep. for on that um, missed touchdown. So, you know, we got some dudes and we just got to keep finding ways to get them the ball. Bramer needs, you got to get that dude the ball at least five times a game. Have to. Whether, yeah, you got you to find yeah. a way to get him the ball. I mean, we saw that his catch and run last week. We saw he can, yeah. he can scoot like <laughs> that guy's going to be a really good tight. Like he's, he, he'll be yeah. playing on Sundays. I would be shocked if he's not. Yeah. Or whatever. And like, it's probably going to be, be uh, no more screens to Easton Dean. That was, that was dumb. That, that was, I, I, I mean, you know, I was freaking out in the chat. I was like, you gotta be shitting me that they just threw a goddamn screen to Easton Dean. Like he's done his role this year, but he's just not, he's not, athletic. he's like, not a guy that you're throwing a goddamn screen to. Like, what are we doing no. here? Like, stop it. If you want to try that with Bramer, that's like, they Fine. did it once that game. It worked, but I saw them throw it to Easton Dean. And my first thought was, Levi's gonna lose his shit. I, I did. Like, I did. I immediately lost it. Yep. I was like, "You gotta be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> and it was on like, it was on like third and long or second and long. And I'm like, "This is your play call right here." Like, yeah, I threw it to the least <laughs> athletic tight end we have. Like, you might as well throw it to James James Neal out there. For right. Yeah. I say fuck it. Just do it. Yeah. Do the uh, do the downfield eligible lineman play or some yeah. shit. Like, yeah. yeah but yeah, just. No, like cutting out the stupid stuff, like throwing it three times in the inside of the five or ten, like when you're that, trying to kill clock. That back shoulder fade to the short side of the field on third down tore apart, yeah. tore a piece of my soul out. It's like I cannot yeah. believe you just called that. Like, not only do fades never work anymore, they don't on work third down on third down on the short side of the field, and you yeah. and it wasn't he wasn't even isolated on that side of the field. There was a there was a slot receiver no. inside of him or whatever, yeah. like. Well, <laughs> that's the worst know, way yeah. to throw it. That's the worst way you can throw a fade. If you're going to throw a fade, you got to put them on the wide side of the field and by themselves yeah. so that it is one on one. But 100%. And it's got to be a guy. Not that Hayden, not Hayden. Jaden Higgins has been like a bad wide receiver, but he's not established like Lazard was in those jump balls. Like, oh, yeah. To Lazard, he's probably coming down with it. Right. And, and guys like Butler. Akeem and Butler, X. yeah. Yeah. Uh, Higgins is great, but he has not been a guy that like you can rely. Like if that was Alan Lazard out there, it'd be like, okay, whatever. Like it didn't work. He, he has not. Un- it's not that he can't catch those, but he is not a proven fade catcher. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So and the the ball wasn't good. He ran it to the pylon. He didn't run it to the back corner. Maybe that's what they wanted, but it just was overall just a bad play. Um, but you know, I mean, we won. I know we're nitpicking, but we won, and yeah. you got to look ahead to Kansas and know that. Man, this has a chance to be like the second biggest game in Jack Trice history, and number one would be next two weeks ago, two weeks in the future versus Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a it's a big one. So I guess let's um let's go let's talk about our players to watch on offense and defense, and 
Yeah. We'll go. And we'll oh, go should we there. talk about who we want to cheer for? Do you have that figured out? Like who we're pulling? Oh, for who we're pulling on? for? So this weekend, yeah. well, I mean, Kansas State and Texas play each other this weekend. I don't know if we really care too much about who wins that one. No, I mean, if you, I guess I don't I know, know. What, I don't know because Kansas, oh, Kansas State's got an easy schedule left. Yeah, they do. Uh, so we probably want we want Texas on. to win. We want Texas to win, so Kansas State takes a loss. Yep, and I know some people want Texas. Like Cedar and Bloom were saying on their pod that they want them to win, so Texas is like on their high horse coming in. You know, I like guess. we, uh, yeah. So, ba- so Kansas State still has. So after Texas, Kansas State has Baylor, Kansas, then us. So it's really just like, who do you think you can beat? Can we beat Texas? Do we have a better shot being Texas or K State? Texas, because um, yeah, Kansas State's on the road. I don't love that. Yeah. I'd rather. I'd rather. I think I'd rather have Kansas State lose this one. I, I. I think. I think we're not Longhorn fans, but we're definitely preferring yeah. them to win over Kansas State. Yep. And then I, I want Oklahoma State to win Bedlam because oh, big they, time, big time. Yeah, that puts Oklahoma State out of not out of Big Twelve championship contention, but they're o- flirting with it. If, That's if, two o- if Oklahoma has two in, in conference losses and they still have to play. I think I'm trying to think they still have to play somebody, don't they? Their schedule's pretty weak, but I know Oklahoma State plays the three newbies after Oklahoma State has a really easy schedule after yeah. Bedlam. So if Oklahoma State wins this game, they're pretty much in. I mean, never say never, but they're pretty much in Arlington. Texas so. has Kansas State, TCU, us, then Texas Tech. So Texas will win they'll beat TCU and and Texas Tech for sure. Yeah. Um they I mean they definitely can lose to Kansas State. Um, yeah. but I think especially Malik Murphy, a quarterback. You'd like them to be. You'd like them to be. I think you'd like them to win this weekend. Then we beat them. I mean, we need to and win. We need to win out no matter what. But yeah, you want K State losing to Kansas because yeah, because Kansas, Kansas. If we beat Kansas this weekend, Kansas is done no matter what. And yeah. if if we beat Kansas this weekend, Kansas is done. So then you want Kansas to beat everybody they can. Yeah. Um, including Kansas State. So you want Texas to win this weekend, and then you want to then you want Kansas to beat Kansas State. Yeah, and you want Oklahoma State this weekend because I know Oklahoma State's playing good, but you'd rather play them. In oh, I'd rather play. I'd rather play Oklahoma State Oklahoma. every day of the week than Oklahoma. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. Yeah, in Oklahoma, I don't know who Oklahoma has left. It's crazy to think. Like I thought it was surefire. Oklahoma State's winning. The Oklahoma has Bedlam, West Virginia, BYU, TCU. So they'll win the other three. Yeah, they won't. Yeah. Yeah. So you need you need Oklahoma State to win Bedlam. Yeah, you need Oklahoma State. Yeah. I mean, no matter what, I think I think no matter what, Iowa State has to win out. Yeah, they do. We have the toughest road left, 100%. Not even close. We have oh, yeah, BYU easy. on the road. Like Lavelle Edwards is not an easy place to play. You know, then you have Texas at home. Who say what you want, but that's still a damn good team. Like that's I hate good them team. as much yeah, as everyone sure. else. Yeah. yeah, and then nothing good happens in Manhattan, Kansas, ever. Not for us. Nope. So, but yeah. I mean, you know, hypothetically, it, the, what's important to remember here, though, is that Iowa State not making the Big Twelve title game this this season is not a disappointment. It's not even no. anywhere in the same neighborhood. Or whatever. Nope. If they beat Kansas and then they end up losing out, it is what it is. 
They made yeah. a bowl game, which is what we were hoping for at the beginning of the season. And given the context of what happened earlier in the season, that's a goddamn miracle that they made a bowl game. It is. Or whatever. So any for me, anything anything from here on out is cherry on top. Like yep. any any wins in the last four games are cherry on top. Awesome. If if somehow Iowa State wins eight games this regular season, Matt Campbell should be the coach of the year. Like just period. Yeah. Like I mean, yep. no no disrespect to Lance Leipold, but I mean it turning turning a, a loss into Ohio and then turning around and making getting an eight win regular season would be coach of the year. Insane. Yep. It, with the young with one of the youngest like, teams in college. Can you football. imagine sit, us sitting here talking about this after Ohio? We were ready to burn. I, I have a screenshot games. that I t- I sent a, a I sent a, a friend of mine or whatever. I said I hope I like I hope Iowa State fans are ready to go one and eleven or whatever. Like yeah. as soon as soon as we lost to Ohio, I was like we're going one and eleven because like yeah. that team that lost to Ohio was going to go one and eleven. Just yeah, like they just were. Like they I don't I, there's nothing yeah. I don't know what to tell you, but they were not going to we beat anybody else and. Nope. Uh, Fortunately, that didn't pan out, but yeah. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's crazy. We're here. We are, and you know, you love. Campbell said this after the game. You love to be playing, you know, meaningful football in November, and that's really all you can ask for. And man, I, I would be. St- could you imagine us making it to Arlington again? Like, I know it's a long ways away, but damn, it's crazy that that'd we. Be, that'd be something, man. <laughs> that yeah, would be. That'd like, be something. Yeah, we control our own destiny to get there at this point. So mm-hmm. no, it's. That's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. Right. So, all right. Yeah, let's do. Let's watch, do players though. to watch this weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go kind of odd on this one. Jeremiah Cooper is he gonna play? I mean, that dude is like the freaking ball hawk of this defense. He's so good. He's so reliable. Can he play? Can you know we get that consistent safety net? No pun intended. That we have on that back end and do something with it. Uh, offense. The running back room, can you assert your dominance dominance against this Kansas team and make them one dimen- like make them have to throw the football on offense? If you make teams one dimensional against this defense, it's gonna be a rough day for them. So, you know, control the clock, control the score, control the tempo, play your brand and uh win the game. Uh my offensive player to watch is gonna be Jaden Higgins. This feels like a game where he can break out. Um, I'm assuming they'll probably try to get Kobe Bryant matched up on Jalen Noel as much as they can. Um, yeah. Jaden Higgins, I think, is a game where he can really break out and have a big, big game. Defense, Zach Lovett. It's got to be Zach Lovett because yeah. if he's there, if he's playing well and he's spying Jason Bean and Jason Bean can't burn anybody with his legs, I would say it's going to win this football game. Because yeah. just Jason Bean is not capable of winning a game with his arm nope. against this secondary. There's no way. It's not going to happen. Um, so give me Zach Lovett as my defensive player to watch for sure. Um, so what do you got for a final score? Let's go. Yeah. 35, 14. Um, yeah, I, you know, all right. This game has three scores like under, under the, under the lights. Yeah. Black uniforms are being rolled out in some sort. There's going to be some black there. Brock Purdy's back in town. You know, it's just going to be a fun. It's just going to be. It just has that West Virginia 2017 feel to it. The, it I, the only does. thing that Iowa State does at night at Jack Trice is beat the absolute dog shit out of people. That's all they yeah. do. Like, think of the last however you know, many night where, games. All they do is just beat the hell out of people. Everybody that they yeah. play at night, they just beat the shit out of them. 
or they win on a walk off field dreams goal. Yeah. Come to die. Oh my God! Yeah. It's it's where if you have a good team and you come to play at Jack Trice a night, you're gonna have a bad time. Yeah, and that's Sarkeesian should be on the phone now, begging every network to not put this game at night in two weeks because. If if, I mean, if, if Iowa do. State is still only if Iowa State is seven and three going into that game with a shot at, like you beat Texas and you're probably into the Big Twelve championship game, yeah, that place is going to be an absolute madhouse and yeah. people are going to be drunk from six a.m. until the game kicks off at six p.m. Right. and you want to see fired up Matt Campbell, that game is going to be a game to see fired up Matt Campbell. Oh, he yeah. doesn't get emotional often, but when games like that are on the line, you know Oklahoma Big Twelve championship game. He'll let loose and that, you know. Yeah. Can't wait to be gonna, it, can't wait to be watching that game at three AM in my hotel in Denmark. It's gonna be great. <laughs> all the all the all the people around me are like, what the hell is that guy yelling about? It's just it's football. If we win that game, you have to stay. I have you to stay in Europe. I know that's just how it over. is. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be overseas for the BYU and Texas games or whatever. So yeah, you better stay. That BYU right. game starting at three AM. Oh damn! Yeah, because it's nine o'clock. It's a nine o'clock, nine fifteen kickoff Central Time. That yeah. is three. Are you going to get up and watch? Oh yeah, it? oh yeah. I I got up at four a.m. to watch the U and I game and Matt Campbell's okay. first season. So I got up at four a.m. Yeah, in Iceland to to watch us lose. But but that's funny. Is what it is. I guess I see. I yeah. didn't. I bought the. I booked the trip thinking we were going to be bad this season. So I didn't. Like, I didn't. I didn't expect like the. Yeah. I didn't like consider the possibility that. A Texas game in, in like mid late November was gonna matter, or yeah. whatever. So, wouldn't that be wild though? If I if we like if the last time we ever played Texas, we just beat the shit out of them. Oh on, yeah, like, eternal scoreboard. Because I would say, because frankly, I would say it's kind of owned Texas the last yeah. decade, decade or whatever. We've yeah. like we've had Texas's number, and it feels good to be. It always feels good to beat Texas. And They're just mentally soft when it doesn't. They matter are. Anymore. They genuinely are. They are a soft ass program. And it's going to be cold as fuck when they play up here, and it's going to be awesome. But first, we got to beat Kansas. Yeah, and BYU. And BYU. Yeah. You got a score prediction? I don't know if I've got three scores in me. I'm going to say... I do think we're going to put on some points against Kansas, though. Um, Give me like a 31-17. Give me a a 2018 West Virginia. 31-17 that doesn't ever feel that close. Yeah, that's fair. They might get like one momentum play to start. The or thirty-one game fourteen. Thirty-one fourteen was the West Virginia score. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sounds good. Be, Jason Bean throws really a couple picks. Saturday. Oh my god! Yep. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna be fucking hammered by noon, and then we're just gonna yeah. be like, it's gonna be a rowdy, drunk crowd, and people are yep. like, Kansas has not played. Kansas will have not played in a road game with a crowd that gives that is going to be that actively cheering against them because most of the time when kansas goes on the road like it's not like a big environment because it's no, just it's kansas not a big or game, whatever. Yeah, well now it's out. a big game and now you have to play a yep. jack trice at night and that's what you get for being good now you have to come and yep. you got to have a bad time like everybody else <laughs> yep. offense has come to die baby <laughs> absolutely so i think we'll wrap her up for this week though we'll uh, see everybody there at jack trice stadium on saturday watch them uh play kansas and keep this Keep this magical season alive. I don't even know what the hell's going on, but whatever. Everybody have a great rest of your week. Go Clones.